Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New York City. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And welcome back to all of our amazing listeners who lately have been extremely vocal and supportive, and it means the world. Wig. I truly. Okay, wait, Dylan, a few minutes ago, slash like 30 minutes ago, you were telling me about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes, because I finally started watching it, which it's, you know, three years too late for me, because it's... (laughs) I feel like Maisel, it's inextricably connected to the theater world because it Mm. films in New York. You see a lot of your favorites. But here's the thing. I would have watched it sooner if someone would have told me that it was Gilmore Girls, but make it 1950s, but make it fashion, but make it Mad Men world, but make it less crazy Amy Sherman Palladino dialogue. (laughs) Because, you know, I talked about this with my coworkers. People don't really talk like that, but in this world where it's like comedy, they, they're snappy and referential. Very it's Alex great. Borstein. Very Alex Borstein. It's um, great. Wait, this is a dramatic confession. I've never seen an episode of Marvelous Mrs. It's really Mrs. good. Maisel. It is really good. What is it Miss or Mrs.? It's Mrs. It is Mrs. Yeah. It She's is. great. You know, Rachel Brosnahan, mm-hmm. in the summer of 2016, I was an intern. I know, your jaw's on the floor. I was an intern. And it was at the New York Theater Workshop mm-hmm. in the East Village. Oh, yes, I remember. It was so fun. It was the summer that Hades Town was playing off-Broadway. I think that was its first professional run. Yeah, at least in New York. At least in New York. But in the fall, actually, because I oddly stayed on for a long time. Career intern. intern. Career intern, as I joked about famously. But anyway, I was interning there, and Rachel was in... A production of Othello that was there with Daniel Craig, a.k.a. James Bond, Mm -hmm. and David Oyelowo, and Finn Wittrock, who's always working, but like maybe famously from American Horror Story. Yeah. I think he was nominated for an Emmy for American Horror Story. Okay. At at least one Emmy. But anyway, um, Rachel was there, and she was so nice. She like actually said hi to all of us. I think her like biggest credit at the time was House of Cards. Okay. Emmy nominated for House of Cards. Awards gay. But, um... She was super nice, super, super nice. And then when I saw she got Maisel, I was like, oh my God, she actually said hi to the interns. Like, she was so nice. Yeah. And then we sat by her at Head Over Heels. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. We are connected to Rachel. Yeah. Maybe she'll come on drama. I know. I need to watch the show. I heard it's great. It is really good. It is really good. And, you know, the the writing is solid. It's visually gorgeous. And like I said, it's glamour. Yeah. It's like Gilmore Girls, but make it Jewish. Yeah. And you know who else is glamour? Oh. Tell me, Dylan. Our guest today. Yes, God. Our guest today is an accomplished performer, author, playwright, and yes, Grammy-nominated artist. Oh! Hailing from Detroit, Michigan. She is inextricably linked to the Fiddler on the Roof extended universe, having appeared as Huddle in London, Seidel on Broadway, and wrote the gorgeous, sweeping novel, After Anatevka, chronicling Huddle and Perchik's lives beyond the Shalem Alekum stories. 
Oh, stateside. You've also seen her in Masterclass, Arlington. The, hello again. Einstein's Dreams, My Fair Lady, Cabaret, and so much more that we can't include it. Oh. In London, she made her West End debut at the ripe age of 21 in The Woman in White. That is a young age. It is young. One of the youngest ages yes. you can be. Along with Carousel and Kiss Me, Kate. She published a second novel, White Hot Grief Parade, appeared on all iterations of Law and Order, oh. is an opera star, an Angela Lansbury expert, and has a legendary cat named Tatiana. Please welcome to drama, Al, Al Silver. Oh my gosh, you guys. Oh, hello. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it means a lot that you decided to do this. Oh my gosh. Also, that intro was so nice. Oh, Thank you. Uh, You've well, done so many we things. We couldn't even include I, everything. I Wow. You know, sometimes you, for, you forget, you know? <laughs> like you're on... There are so many days that I feel like I'm sitting on the sofa watching Murder, She Wrote with Tati, and I'm like, Tati... Am I a loser? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of every once in a while you hear that and you're like, oh no, I've done some stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. And there's I, I, always more to come. She wrote. She sat down and she wrote. Yeah. Oh, Angela, she's my. Is editor. it all on any of the streaming services? So like, I'm just I'm here to help you out. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is why we brought you here. Thank you. I'm so glad. This is a PSA. Yeah. Um, so a couple years ago, the whole series, all twelve series were on Netflix, and okay. then on a fateful January first, it was removed, <gasps> and really oddly. Um, Netflix didn't appeal to my change.org petition that I absolutely started in real life. Um, Can we still still sign it? I think so. I I do get like updates about it. You know when you like start one and they're like, no more people Mm -hmm. (laughs) signing. But to no avail, fine. Um, On Amazon though, you can stream seasons one through five. Okay. Um, How many seasons are there? Twelve. I'm so glad you asked. Wow. Um, (laughs) In like 24 episode seasons or something like that? Yeah, 22 to 24 episodes. I can't believe I know this. Um, I love. And my my boyfriend for Christmas this year got me the complete 12 season box at DVD. <gasps> He's a keeper. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I have to marry you. <laughs> he gets you. <laughs> also, because like if we get divorced or break up, I don't want him to take yeah. the box. Well, just make sure he yeah. takes the second half because then the, or the, the first he half. He the then first five seasons the, yeah. and I'll have, <laughs> one, I'll have everything <laughs> yeah. I need. Because then you'll have it still I on I really don't Amazon. understand though why Amazon like doesn't get on board and realize yeah. that yeah. at least one person is streaming it on a daily I basis. I think I actually read, this is jogging my memory, that the new streaming service Peacock uh-huh. will have all of it. Oh. Well, then I, they just have a new subscriber. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's me. <laughs> Peacock has a lot. They just I don't even know. Everything. I've never even heard of Peacock. Yeah, it's it's NBC's streaming answer. It's coming in July. It's going to have like Parks and Rec, Friends, The Office. If you will, drama. Yeah. Um, that's V exciting. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, it's all of this is to say, <laughs> thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, we yes. love. You, we are such big fans, truthfully. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, it all started with Fiddler, which mm. that gorgeous Broadway production. Yes. Oh my God, we loved it. it we were in so a, we all loved we were in it. a much documented high school all white production in Ohio, as happens. Of Who Fiddler. did you guys play? I was Mendel, the rabbi's son. Very strong. And you were. I was. Okay. He was a Russian. Uh huh. He had three lines. His name Sasha. was Sasha. Sasha. And he said, "Wait, I had an yeah. iconic." You know, line. you're giving me Sasha vibes. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I oh see my God. it. I see it. He had this line where, I, okay, this was the line. Uh huh. What's with you? Fiedka? Yeah, yeah. What's with you, Fiedka? Yeah. And I remember I read, I did it the first time for our director, and I paused before saying Fiedka. I was like, "What's with you?" Fiedka. Good. And and, an excellent choice. And the director was in the in the auditorium, like hiding in the back, like in the dark, you uh-huh. know, with that like odd light that sure. they sit with. And he goes, "Wonderful." <laughs> 
remember Gunlick saying that. I was that. like, yeah. oh, he, he, I made a choice. You made a choice. Yeah. So we're sitting in the back like Michael Douglas and Chorus Line. Yeah. Yes. Like, with, and there's like, what? <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to be in the theater for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it love great. it. It was so great. Did you get to sing the Azah? No. They gave they it, to it to a senior. A senior. Or Which junior. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah, They fine. wanted to give him a time. I, I also, I, I don't, I want you to feel that this is a family. Um, I also <laughs> did Fiddler in high school. I gave you sophomore year in high school Golda wow I have so many photos that you might have to like link on here yeah I think that's strong there was like a mop hat oh my god it was really did you do any like older makeup I mean because Golda we don't really know how old she is no I think I just you know conveyed it with my physical choices no I don't know no I didn't I think her Yenta did I'm still in touch with that lovely girl Katie Battersby in Deke she's still in the area she's got three cute kids in Detroit and she was uh, she was tremendous as Yenta. Oh my god, yeah, that, that's tremendous. a great. Role. You can steal yeah. the whole show. You can steal the whole show, mm-hmm. and I believe she did. Oh my god, that's she incredible. Got the pathos, she got the comedy. Mm. Anyway, it's just the best, and it's kind of like the thing that's so wonderful about Fiddler is at every stage of your life, you connect with it. You know, Ooh. when it, when you're young. You're connecting with the daughters and the suitors about changing the world and wanting to make the world your own. And as you grow up, it becomes about children and faith and family and, and of course, about political themes, too. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it was really powerful to, I mean, I'll never forget as long as I live, the matinee the day after the uh, election. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, right. It was a really powerful day. And uh, you just sort of go, well, ugh, art is here to heal us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and also just an incredible family. It was a really special oh, cast, yeah. really special. Group. Well, I remember the framing device of that revival was yeah. one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen. Oh, so subtle. Danny Burstein in a red jacket. Yeah. And he returns to this, is it the site of what was on a Yeah, point? I think, you know, we tried to keep it really, um, vague so that it could sort of be whatever you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But um, Danny Burstein, a man played by Danny Burstein. A civilian. Civilian is in a red jacket and he's holding a book and it, is it a diary? Is it a copy of Shalom Alechem's Tevi's Daughters? Is it a stack of letters? Is it a journal? We don't know. Yeah. Um, but wherever he is, something about the book and coming upon this um, sign that says Anatevka hanging from mm-hmm. the ceiling summons uh, a historical memory in his psyche and before you know it, the you know forty people are rising from a staircase in the back of the auditorium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will never actually forget um, first preview, particularly at the Broadway Theater. At the Broadway Theater, November twentieth. It was like a really specific memory in my mind. You know, the, the first preview is always stressful, no matter what. But it was just one of those things where we were you know stress, 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 and the cast comes up that staircase, mm-hmm. and the orchestra is done, done, done. Dun, dun, we sing tradition and the entire 1700 seat theater erupts with applause mm. in, in, which you feel is like this fiddler's back on Broadway yes. and I just thought I don't know that I'm ever going to feel anything like this I have oh. chills all over it, my body I, like, oh. me too I've got goosebumps remembering it it was really spectacular and you just feel like you're a part of something so much bigger than you and you have Oof. been an, a part of it for a long time long as you time. mentioned you did it in high school but then yeah. 
you also did it in London. I did do it in London for oh, for about two years, top to tail. Oh, wow. Um, we started, this is hilarious, we started it at the Sheffield Crucible Theater, which is uh, not dissimilar to Hartford Stage or Paper Mill Playhouse. Okay, okay. You know, place, a beautiful regional theater where things transfer a lot to the West End. Um, and we were their Christmas show. Oh. I know, hilarious, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think any of us really anticipated it transferring, but it was such a beautiful production. And really interesting for me, I was one of only two Americans in the production and one of only three even remotely Jewish cast members. Interesting. Which is just, it was a really interesting cultural experience in that way. Sure. And of course, like, if you think about it, um, Fiddler is this piece that is based on short stories written around the turn of the century by a pale of settlement European Yiddish writer with no concept of, you know, you spoke about Maisel, um, the Borscht Belt comedy, mm -hmm. the, the secularization of the Jewish culture after the Holocaust, all of that was way, way, way ahead. And, mm. uh, and of course, the piece itself was written in the 60s in the middle of like the sexual revolution, all mm. these things that really sort of made it what it was, um, but written by secular American Jews 20 years after the Holocaust. So mm. it, it's sort of, um, there really is a distinction between mm -hmm. the voices of the original and its interpretation. But what was really fascinating was when you're doing a, a, like endemically American piece in a European country like England, there are like cultural differences. Like the comedy doesn't land in the same oh. way. The rhythm is different. Huh. The the cultural references aren't the same. And the Jewish diaspora isn't as prevalent there. It's a you know a, officially Christian country. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really it was a really interesting experience. And the Broadway shine of it, if you will, was sort of taken off and replaced with like a klezmer orchestra and. Mm. Um, just a totally different experience, but the huddle was a very, very special time yeah. in my life, and it's obviously a special enough character to literally write a novel about. Which so. we love the novel. I love. Thank you. Uh, I loved it. Thank you so yeah. much. It was, I, it, it was hard to. I was hard to read. I have to be honest. I with know. You. It I was, know. But but beautiful. Thank you. It's. I know. It's dark. It's hard, and it's hard to see some of your favorite characters put through such tough things. I actually was talking about this this weekend because I was doing a a book event for a group of sort of older women in Chicago and that was like a thing we were bringing up and I was saying you know as I as I kept first of all you want to be like set in Siberia comma like what, what do you think is like this book <laughs> right, going to be about yeah. you know what I mean but, but it was one of the most violent and tumultuous times in Russian and even European history and I think one of the things I was discovering as I kept doing the research about what happened to people when they were sent to these penal, mm -hmm. you know, penal servitude camps, particularly people that weren't married but were unmarried but affianced, if you oh, will. Yes, in the, the case of Hodel in the case of Hodel and Perchik, um, I think the, the the sort of horrors that they faced were so inexplicable and unbelievable and I thought to myself I'm reading about things that happen to real people and there are people that over that endured this and some of them lost their lives valiantly and some of them incredibly survived and by not including the realities of that I diminished their legacy mm -hmm. I wanted to, and I, I believed in Havel and in her spirit and yeah. I wanted to 
I did, you know, of course it like in a way like breaks your heart to put your friends through these horrible mm-hmm. things. I put yeah. huge quotes here, but sure. But um, I I felt like I dignified her by oh, absolutely. letting her overcome those things. She's a literary heroine now. I hope like it's so. one of those things where. Oh, and the, oh, there's so much I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil anything. And there's so many I spoilers. Know. I know. But because it's written in, it's like basically three acts. Exactly. That's it, it, it feels it's exactly like a why I wrote it that way. A, a way. theater piece. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to feel like a three act play. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my god. Oh, of course, yes. Well, you know, and I have to just give a quick shout out to my favorite character in the book, Dimitri Petrov. Thank you. Oh, who icon. You fall in love with. Yeah. And I mean, the whole cast is. <laughs> Cast. Truly, a cl- the a cast. cast. Oh my god, the cast. Well, They're it could be. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Dimitri, you know, it's funny. So Dimitri Petrov, for for those of you who haven't read the book, um, is a, compl- a sort of a new character. He's uh, yeah. an original. We we meet a lot of people through flashback from Anatevka, yes. Seidel Hava, Golda, and a lot of people that are very vaguely referenced from Perchik's past that we really don't know anything mm-hmm. about. I sort of summoned the majority of it, but Dimitri is one of his. Uh, Comrades in the Siberian camp, this cellist, incredibly uh, socially awkward man. And I, I can't reveal too many things about him. Sure, that, sure. But I will say, I, I, I think you would find this really interesting. I certainly did. Dimitri is the only creation that's ever shown up fully formed in my brain. Wow. I, I, like, I can't take credit for him. The way I felt about him, and I really, really mean this, was like, one day I was writing, doop a doop a doop, and the door the doorbell rang and he was like, Hello, I'm Dmitri Petrov. I have chosen you to tell my story. Do you have a pen? And I was like, Yes, hold on. I mean it was <laughs> I it, it really truly felt like when you think about that like Elizabethan form of not being a genius, but having a genie that like that sits on your desk and speaks to you from the gods and you're like, hold on, slow down, slow down. The way Shakespeare did. Yeah. It's such an interesting sort of uh, way to think about creativity where it really isn't you. You've Mm -hmm. just been selected, if you will. Mm -hmm. It felt like that. And so... I'm just grateful he picked me because I love him. Phone rings, door times. In comes Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Exactly right. Uh, well, he's amazing. Thank and you. I, I also love the only, I would say the only female new character written for mm-hmm. the story. I also loved her as well. Irina. Yes. She's special. She's really special. I, yeah, I, tried to, I tried to give a really nice handful of the majority of people that were represented in my research okay. from you know because uh, you went to, to I did the, the, the land I went to Siberia yeah literally went to Siberia and lived in a yurt <laughs> which sounds yurt? like, a, a, yurt. A, like a, a discovery channel special bear grills type scenario I know whoever I know. that is I just know that he does well, yeah things. what is bear grills doesn't he do like adventure survival yeah. stuff? That sounds right. Yeah. I don't think I could watch that no. show. His name's Bear, I think. I think his name's Bear. And you sort of like, well, what did you think that guy was going to end up doing <laughs> right. in his life? You know what I mean? It was written in the stars. It was exactly. You're just like charging that kid to be <laughs> irresponsible with his survival skills. Yes. But, so you were yeah. perched in a yurt. Perched in a yurt. Perched in a yurt. And I. Um, Potential title and it was an episode. amazing, amazing, amazing cultural historical and I experience and then additionally sometimes I think when your your soul is having the experience of growth and a journey if you will sometimes you do need to match it with having a geographic experience mm. to parallel it mm-hmm. you know I was mm. I was going through a lot of changes at that time in my life um, I was on the verge of moving back from London to mm-hmm. America. 
um, a huge, really crucial and important relationship in my life was ending. And I was starting to sort of break out and consider myself a writer or, you know, hoping I could be a writer. Absolutely. All those things. So I think a lot of things were changing and it was um, impactful to take what kind of felt like a pilgrimage Mm. for me. And I was different when I returned and Ugh. that's I don't know I think that's like one of the oldest stories in the world isn't it it's Dorothy it's mm. Bilbo Baggins it's oh drama I yeah love. it's there and back Odysseus again. exactly mm-hmm. yeah yes. and you're you you sort of stand in the exact same spot as when you left but you're uh, you're different it reminds it's me little red I know things yeah, it's yeah I know red. things now thank yes. you or Jack yeah. when he says like in your back again only different than before exactly the exactly. sky and into mean, the oh, woods thank you into the woods yeah Which, little red you know, is my spirit animal she's oh. the one I'll never play in okay so this can we really quickly transition into the series that you <gasps> yes. have curated and conceived oh. at Feinstein's 54 Below yes, I, I with wish. Jen Sandler? You guys do this I Wish series. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. It, it all started with a tweet. Oh, mm. hasn't it all? Don't we love the internet? Um, <laughs> so it all started with a tweet because Little Red, Real, Little Red and Into the Woods really is my spirit animal. I think the just such an... I, I, I know her. And a character that in terms of like my body, my age, my my everything, I will just never play. It'll never happen sure. and it's okay. Um, and I think we all have something like that. Absolutely. And I thought, I'm just, one day I just put out a really casual tweet that was like, can somebody just like <laughs> create a concert series where all of us get to do the things that will never be or things that passed us by? And here are some ideas. Like I sing Little Red and... I had all these other examples. Anyway, in yeah. <laughs> like 30 minutes, 54 Below is like, we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That sounds else? great. Where that else? sounds great. Yeah. And before I knew it, this I wish came true. It was a reality and it has become, you know, I really wanted to curate it to make sure that it wasn't like a, a bitter... I didn't book that fest. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm very strict about it being something that's very much like, I had a dream to do this thing. It didn't happen. We're not going to focus on that. But tonight, it's going to happen. For one night only. For one night only. And like it, what the vibe that ends up coming out of these concerts is just this incredible celebratory party of dream after dream after dream oh. coming true. And I, I always end it with like a speech that matters a lot to me which is like you know I I I joke about my campy love of Angela Lansbury Mm -hmm. but in all seriousness she is my only idol for the reason that she continued to reinvent herself over and over and over again from like you know the youngest Oscar nominee back to back at 18 and 19 years old and then you know 25 years later doing MAME and becoming a broad, Broadway star, not just like a Broadway working actress. Absolutely. And not even beginning to film Murder, She Wrote, and becoming the household name she became till she was 60. Like, it just, oh. you know, you sort of go... Her character on that show, but also Angela herself, prove that it's never too late for anything. Mm-hmm. And I think about people like Billy Porter, Octavia Spencer. Vera Wang was an ice skater before she became a designer in oh her 50s. God. Like, really, really... Um, and... You know, just wanting to sort of charge everybody to say, like, you've just seen these people's dreams come true that they never thought would happen. I hope it encourages everyone here tonight to go out and continue to pursue yours. I'm going to sob. You are. A, you <laughs> I'm are, like shaking. You're like the great orator of, <laughs> oh of my this gosh. of the Broadway. Like that. Honestly, like 
Well, I'll talk Thank more you. about it during my dose of drama, but like, I, you, I need to hear that right now. And like, oh, I feel like there's, you always feel like there's like that little knock on the door of like, hey, there's maybe something mm. that could be or right. down the road. And that's so beautiful. And I love that these people who we see are like accomplished theater totally. performers still have those moments of what could have been or, right. but still uh, having this like, Acceptance of and pride in who they are, yeah. but still being able to celebrate those all, all those other parts of them is really really special. It feels special, and I'm so excited that it's going to sort of keep continuing. It, yes. it, each one has become so you know has become bigger and bigger and more celebratory and more exciting. And so now it's a series. It is. So I'm oh. really excited. And there's, about it. it's, there's the next one is on February 3rd. February third mm-hmm. at 54 below 9:30, um, and then we have follow ups in April and June. So oh watch this You're space. Booked. We're booked. Yes. Booked and blessed. Booked, booked and really blessed. booked and blessed. Okay, so Al, I'm wondering something else. Yeah, yeah, tell me. Are you well? I am well. Yeah. Thank you. Love um, to hear it. I'm so well, and I assume you're talking about my health. Is well, this, sure. It's yeah. a question it's we, just like we like to ask. to ask everybody. Okay, so, well, I'm happy to a- answer that on several levels. <laughs> One is literal, because, you know, I, I've, I haven't talked, like, a lot, but I try to talk... Openly about I have a chronic illness. I have an autoimmune disease. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, and it's I mean, I, I it's something I kind of share lightly online because mm. once I really had a handle on what it was, there's just nothing worse. Seriously, there's nothing worse than being like, I'm sick and I have no idea what's wrong. Oh, sure. And then everybody kind of you have to kind of like field everybody else's fear about that and yeah and also um <laughs> also kind of field and dodge and process so many people's really lovely attempts at helping you like have you tried probiotics uh-huh. oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah and you're like you know I'm <laughs> have you tried kombucha yeah like <laughs> jamie lee curtis's yogurt like isn't gonna activia <laughs> gonna handle it sure this is an unpaid ad by the way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway so no it, when, once i really got it under control and realized that um i was able to like live in a really i mean basically like the the best you can sort of hope for is like a permanent long-term remission um i've been in that for a really long time now and really lucky I have a great team of people I take really good care of myself but I think I also this all really started when I was like I started noticing something was vaguely wrong with me when I turned 30 and I was like maybe it's just being 30 and blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah. I'm working really hard I'm doing lots of stuff but by the time I was 32 it was sort of undeniable that I was ill okay and it was right when I was starting Fiddler and I'm so glad Fiddler was there for me because it was such a, um, a motivational reason to <laughs> talk about drama. drama. <laughs> We're in a reco- rehearsal studio. We're in studio. a rehearsal studio and there is like serious scene study happening next door. Anyway, you can cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is I was so grateful that Fiddler was there because it was this reason to get up in the morning mm-hmm. and go live your dream. Don't let this stop you. And on the other side of it, it was like... It's a musical, yeah. and you can't do any of the things, and you can't live any of your dreams if you're not well enough to be there for it. Mm-hmm. It was really perspective giving, wow. and the people around me that knew a lot about it were incredibly supportive. But I also want to sort of talk about it in my lifetime because I want people to see that it's not like this death sentence. It's not. Sure, yeah. It's it's um. There are much worse things. Um, it's difficult. It's uh, it's an invisible disease. You know, it's all these things. But if you take care of yourself and 
uh, and are responsible. I mean, not to say that anyone who's not in remission is irresponsible, but right. sure, sure. Um, you have to take it seriously. But um, I've been really healthy and I'm really grateful. You, There's nothing you appreciate more than money and your health until they're gone, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm just so grateful to be here and, Aww, and so be literally that. well. Of course, you are, you are literally well. well. I'm literally well. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm also on another level like feeling really artistically excited about yeah. all the things I'm creating and I just I want to just say in a sort of whisper to you because you okay. brought him up I'm working on the next installment of what happens to Huddle <gasps> and you you haven't heard the last of Dimitri Petrov. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. So my I just wanted to that that mic drop and also like this is the first I'm talking about it. Okay. Well, here you on heard drama. Here first. Breaking. And very excited about my next theater gig which I can't tell you about yet. Yes. She's I'm sitting so on a secret, excited. but I'm sitting on a secret. Okay, okay. <laughs> um and also I'm so in love. <gasps> I'm so okay, in love. Okay, so one of the things oh that we God. talk about on drama is love and life in New York City. Tell me. And you're in love. I'm so in love. You're in love. And like, I think there's something they? really fun about Tell this. Tell me. Bring it up. You have very phonetically similar names. It's actually ridiculous. So yeah. you're Al Silber. I'm Al Silber, and my boyfriend's name is Alec Silver. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's Where's your podcast? I know, right? Um, <laughs> I know. It's really weird. Like we've already we, we live together and we've already like really confused and upset the post office. Oh, I'm sure. And like <laughs> spectrum, Do you, ever, like, feel you know, like blurry vision in the morning. You're like, is this mine or is this? Yeah, like I mean, looking at bills, especially or? when you're sort of yeah, exactly because you can just sort of like glance over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have like swapped credit card moments and you're like, oh my, you know. <laughs> but um, it's actually funny because I we did a show together. And I saw the cast list and I was like, that's bizarre. Because I'm also named after my Uncle Alec, which is like just crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So crazy. And when I introduced, I was like, hi, Alec Silver. I'm Al Silver. He's like, that's crazy. And um, we were friends for a long time and and then we weren't. What production did you meet on? We did Midsummer Night's Dream at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. This was like in the last year. Yeah. Okay, okay. And And he's such a cutie. He's such a cutie. Oh, I want to see him. We'll we'll look at pics later. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I think his Instagram is Alec underscore silver and he's featured heavily on my cat's Instagram. Oh, right. I love that. At I feel kitty. Um, they have a very at special, yes, at I feel kitty. Um, <laughs> what else would it be called? <laughs> um, and yeah, he's a really special man and actor and human. And, um, oh, that's yeah, amazing. So You're truly lucky. well in many ways. I am You're well glowing. in many ways. Thank you. In- it's been a long time. I've, I've dated a lot in the last 10 years, but, uh-huh. Um, really believed and not in like a sad pathetic way but was like maybe this just like maybe that conventional situation won't be my story Mm. and I don't necessarily think that my relationship with Alec is conventional he's younger than me it's a very like Marin Maisie Jason Danielly moment Uh, okay okay Um, and uh, and yet like I think I also realized that um, I think I was Tell me if you relate to this. I was seeing a lot of people and going, gosh, everyone I'm seeing is so unavailable. But the, mm. the real truth was the unavailable person was me. Whoa. Oh my God. I'm, I'm shocked. You know? Yeah. So I've been I'm, in a long-term relationship, I'm, but Connor is dating. I can relate. You 100%. Can, you're yeah. like, you overstand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I overstand. Yeah. I, I actually told Dylan today, I was like, well, maybe we won't talk about this. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Someone might be listening. Yeah, maybe. you never know. You never know. But yeah, I think that I'm holding myself back. Yeah. And 
I, I fully recognize that I am, but totally. I think it's because I'm not ready yet. And I think it's okay to That's okay. not no, ready. And I think um, if I've learned anything, like I had to really rumble with my fear mm. and what was on the other side of going for it. And that sometimes that's a lot of pain and rejection and discomfort. But, you know, they, they, they say in the theater, they say about like auditioning, you will definitely not book 100% of the jobs you don't audition mm-hmm. for. And you will definitely not fall in love with 100% of the people you don't open yourself up to yeah. in wow. some way. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a, it, 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 it's been a profound experience. Oh, it's gorgeous. I am well. You You're are so well. You, you like are giving me Brené Brown yes. Broadway <gasps> vibes. Brené. Oh, I'll take that. Because you're like rumbling with fear. What's on the other side? Oh. Like, like Brené talks about that being in the I, arena. We love Dr. Vulnerable. Brown. Oh, this is very super soul her. Oprah. I'll take it. <laughs> oh my God. I'll take it. Yes. I'm down. I'm down. Um, okay, another question Yes, for you. please. This is something me. we ask all of our guests. <clears throat> so we like to talk about the impetus that might have gotten you into the arts in the first place. We call it a ring of keys moment, like when Alison Funhome has a moment of, ide- of recognition. I'm wondering if you had a moment of recognition where you realized that a life in the arts was in the cards for you. So I'm just going to tell the audience okay. that... I knew this question was coming Mm -hmm. and I may or may not have had like a like three out of ten panic about it (laughs) like you know not like a panic Uh but enough to be like you know um, (laughs) because I honestly after much exploration do not think I had a definitive ring of keys moment about being in the theater because I honestly cannot remember a time when I didn't think that the theater was going to be what I contributed my life to. Mm. And that is brilliant. Uh, Thank you. I just, I think I had moments along the way that affirmed it. Sure. Confirmed it, strengthened it. But I've always felt like my life was here to be in service to storytelling and the theater was my first love and writing has become another love. Absolutely. But, um, I really do feel like it's a service. You have to give your life to it. And I gladly do. And you have, and it's impacted so many people. Oh gosh. Thank you. There's this beautiful moment in white hot grief parade where you talk about meeting, um, Emma. Yes. Yeah. Who at the stage door of Fiddler. Mm -hmm. And it's like this full circle moment from when you saw ragtime, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, that, that was one of the affirming Mm -hmm. moments, honestly, like the, the, the briefer version of the story, by the way, Emma, if you're listening, can you contact me? Because I've never found this girl. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh wow, that gives me full chills. I know, I've never found <gasps> her again. Um, like I keeping like every couple, of, <laughs> you know, every couple of weeks I'm like, you out there, Emma, hello? <laughs> but uh, the long and short of it is. Finding Emma. Finding Emma, maybe that's the next that's, essay. That is, oh my God, the New Yorker uh, thought, is yeah, calling. Right, exactly, <laughs> call me. Uh, so basically, um, my very first trip to New York, which. In its it in itself is a is a epic tale. My family, um, my dad was in one of his period. My dad had cancer when I was young, which is what White Hot Grief Parade is about. He was in one of his periods periods of remission, and we all came to New York in 1998. I was 14, and it was so exciting for my dad to be able to sort of take me to New York for the first time. And my whole family was completely in love with the musical Ragtime. We saw the show, and it happened to be one of the weeks where they were doing the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS buckets. And so the cast was in the aisles and in the lobby, 
And I remember my mom had sort of saved a $100 bill for exactly this reason to purchase a poster from the cast signed by everybody. She put the $100 bill in Judy Kay's bucket. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God. You know, just it was Alex Strange, the original little boy, Stephen Sutcliffe and Judy Kay all holding the buckets. And my dad, bless him, who was like a, had a real little kid energy, like real, very young soul. And was just pouring his heart out to these three professional actors from Ragtime about how I wanted to be an actress Mm -hmm. and I was in all the plays. And of course, I'm 14 and I want to to Uh be swallowed by the earth. 100%. You're just like, oh my God, (laughs) stop it. Stop it. (laughs) And Judy Kay is listening to him and she looks not at me, but like into my soul. (laughs) And she looks at me and says, You will. I'm gonna sob. And I felt it like it went in. And I say in the book, Mm -hmm. paraphrasing myself, but when I die and they do an autopsy of me, they will find on my heart that memory tattooed there. Mm -hmm. It was it was like the first really truly affirming moment. Fast forward to many years later, I worked with her. I made my Carnegie Hall debut with Judy Kay and told her this story. I said, you probably don't remember, da-da-da. Telling her this story, she goes, I remember you. She completely remembered this moment. It was huge, a huge, huge Mm -hmm. theatrical, like, stone skippage moment. Yeah. Um, We've become very, very, very close friends. Mm -hmm. And then cut to, again, a couple years after that, I'm at the stage door Fiddler, and this girl, Emma, probably 14 she looks like an adult because kids look so good these days they, they, they <laughs> are they are God, you know, retouched they, they by have, an angel yeah they have, i don't know <laughs> acne anymore they have perfect teeth like it's they just, do where did all that oh anyway feels unfair but anyway um <laughs> she's gorgeous she just has these braces and she's there with her dad and i look she's so sweet and she wants to talk a little sign the program and i can just tell something's like really special about her and I, I ask, you know, are you an actress? And the dad's like, tell her, mm. you know, tell her. She goes, I, I, I want to be, I'd love to be, I, I dream to be. And I felt like my dad's hand from the beyond, like, touch me on the shoulder. He's like, this is your turn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's your turn to pass the story on. And I was like, <sighs> and I look at her and I can tell she's going to do it. Like, I can tell. And, she, and I go, you will. And... <laughs> I'm crying. Me too. <laughs> I'm literally I not okay. And, I'm and crying. I walked away and I I wished I could call my dad. You know, I just was like, sure. I've met us tonight. You know, I've met us. I oh, I did it and I met us. And I did the next best thing. I called Judy Kay. Yeah. Oh. And I told her. <laughs> and it was, it's, I think those are, the thing is that ultimately, like, at the end of the day, the dream coming true of being on Broadway and all of the things that you think are associated with it. Of course, you wake up one day and it's your workplace. It's where you, mm-hmm. you know, there are moments you pinch yourself. There are things you get to do that are incredible, but it ultimately becomes work and mm-hmm. you start to forget how special it is and that you've won the lottery. But it's stuff like that. It's memories like that and the impacts like that that make you go, why wouldn't I give my life to this? Wow. You know? Yeah. You, oh, that is great order. Oh, God. Thanks. <laughs> I, you have such a way of connecting life and just the, the beauty of life. I think Thank you have you. a way of putting it into words that's so special that's and recognizing. So, so kind. I I think I 
I try to really work actively on making meaning mm-hmm. of, of existence and trying to pay attention and be humble to um, be humble to those things and and also try and universalize them. You know, it's not just happening to me. I mm-hmm. want to always be asking the question, has this happened to you too? How can we connect? What do we have in common? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those That stories. is so oh, special. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, yeah. With well, such depth and generosity. Also, Judy Kay is like a character in your book. Like a She's full a character, out, like, yeah. She has a major storyline throughout. She does. <laughs> yeah, she does. And um, I remember sending her the drafts mm-hmm. before you know I wanted her to approve of them and she's like okay BRB crying um, <laughs> so I it's really wonderful to to be able to know her well enough to get her stamp of approval That's so wild it's really fun that so. is special because you, you talk about Angela Lansbury being your icon yes and they say don't don't meet your heroes but then here you are as a 14 year old right and there's Judy Kay and then you get to one day call her a friend I know how special is that and perhaps rare you know I I remember having a similar moment during Fiddler with Rebecca Luker, who mm-hmm. like with as a soprano, like she taught me how to sing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just oh, listening yeah. to her sing, she taught me how to sing. And I remember one time going into the stage door, and she was coming out because she was visiting her husband, Danny Burstein, uh-huh. and she's like, "Oh hi, Al," and I was like, "She knows who I am." <laughs> like, I'll never get over it, and I I hope that. On th- that one part of me is so grateful to have these people as friends and colleagues, and the other part of me never forgets the 13 and 14 year old mm-hmm. version that can't believe I'm that these people that I'm in right. their lives and their mind. You know, I feel that I I completely connect to that. You know what I mean? I have those moments now because w- through my job I uh-huh. work with Wicked. Right, and you're like, and oh my God. Wicked was my everything. Sure. At 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I mean obsessed and every single day I am working on something related to Wicked or the Wicked National Tour and I I, I have to stop myself and think this was this is this was my perhaps my ring of keys right. moment or something and here I am now however many years later yeah it's a part of my everyday life and I don't ever want to lose that love and oh, that never excitement. lose that love I you can't. know it's interesting I once had a really good piece of advice given to me that I offer you and anyone listening yes. <laughs> that sometimes it's really effective to actually say out loud like when you're in the middle of that to say out loud talk to your 12 or 13 year old self and go hey 12 year old Connor like guess what you're doing yeah you know guess what's coming down the line for you and just to, it reminds you it reminds you that what you're doing really is special. Oh, that's like at the end of in RuPa, on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh-huh. Um, when they get to like the final four, Ru will hold a photo of each queen <gasps> as like a child. Oh. And Ru will be like, what would you tell yes. four-year-old Justin? Right, or right, something? right. I, I'm, I don't even know who I'm talking about right now. Is that Alyssa Edwards' is really? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps Alyssa Edwards. And it's always, and it's so emotional. Yeah. Because you don't think about it. Right. You don't think, am I making that version of that uh, myself proud? Or uh-huh. would they have imagined that this is where I am right now? Right. And, well, you know, we actually had this moment last night happen to us, if I may digress for oh, a second. Oh, yeah, please. Which, um, you actually know this person. We, when Connor and I were teenagers, the Spring Awakening National Tour was everything to us, mm-hmm. and coming through Cleveland and everything. And Ben Moss, who oh. is a, he's coming on drama soon. Yes, like this future guest little, of the podcast. He's pod. my musical husband. Yes, he is, which he's worked oh with God. you on the After Anatevka Audible Evening. That you Audible did. Evening, we go on tour together doing concerts, and we were in Arlington together. Yes. Oh, yeah. my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, we've the known each other a long time. You were acclaimed time. for Arlington. Oh, yes. 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 Um, Arlington's Angels. Mm-hmm. But after, we went to go see his show last night I at the Dupl. Oh, what? I don't can't believe I didn't see it. Face I know. Crack. Anyway, it, it was amazing. It was incredible. Amazing. His voice. I know. It is 
an, an, it is angels. A, it, it is it is angels dreams eating marshmallows. Yeah, it 100%. is. I know. And and what I love about what Ben did was he was in a creative funk mm-hmm. and sitting there feeling like so much was sitting inside him, and instead of moping about it, or I don't know, maybe he did mope about it, but took action to heal it and you know kind of talk about going back to that imagery of like sitting down and listening to the muse one of the things I'm sure I'm hoping Ben will say this when he comes on (laughs) but he was talking about I just promised myself I had to sit down at the piano every day Mm -hmm. and I like will take that metaphor and say you know if if you go to church or if you're a church goer or whatever, if you take the, if you, it's sort of like also going to the gym or so any form of church yes. that people have, you go to the gym. If you take the trouble to walk to the gym, drive to the gym, find a parking spot, change your clothes and get in, you're probably going to work out. Yes. yes. You're not just going to stand there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's the theory of creativity in general is you just have to show up and go. And once you put yourself in the mindset that it's happening, usually creativity will flow through you and, yeah, absolutely. and that's, that's and last night was a testament to what mm-hmm. he had made and yeah. it was oh, so yeah. exhilarating oh, he's amazing. it kind of because yeah. he did this 30 day songwriting challenge mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of when I did the artist's way have you ever done oh, artist's of course. way yeah it's like that writing your pages every day exactly and like, something will come about if you just sit down and do it the theory being that like the pipes get rusty the pipes stop working mm-hmm. if, if water's not flowing through them but if you're using the water every day mm-hmm. it flows really naturally absolutely so wow. um, wait what were you saying though yes, about so, oh, sorry, we, sorry, no, no, no. Yes. We talked to him afterwards and I thought to myself, you know, if you could have told me at 15 that not like the stage door counter, which he remembers he meeting us, us at the stage and now door. he's going to come on our podcast. It's just like, yeah. wow. Like that is just so special. Totally. And, and life is really, really funny. Yeah. And you have to like stay awake for it. Don't, you know, one of the things I think is also a really important thing is to just continue to celebrate moments like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think in our culture, we don't, mark things as often as we could Mm -hmm. they don't have to be huge celebrations but be like this is awesome yeah it's so cool yeah totally oh i love it me too that's so fun i want to transition into one other project that you worked on before we kind of get to our dose of drama you played sally bowles i did in cabaret oh my gosh girl now was that an i wish moment before it even came to be or did you ever see yourself playing sally it's so interesting that you say that um I, I think about it now and I kind of can't believe I did it. Yeah. Um, so yet like no. And yes, mm-hmm. the, the answer is it's not complicated, but the answer is nuanced in that I really had written a story that Sally Bowles was not for me. Like okay. I thought, well, Schneider's for me. I just need to, <laughs> you know, wait around long enough. And, um, and I remember interestingly on the very same trip, in 1998 seeing the original Sam Mendes revival and Natasha Richardson uh, the original cast it was a huge moment for me Um, and also really uh, wherever you are Michelle Pock you had a huge influence on my young life (laughs) wherever you are shout out we saw her as Velma Von Tussel in Hairspray I mean she is Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. Uh, she was an unbelievable Fraulein Kost and um, and so, yeah, I just didn't really think that that role was mine. Um, didn't think it was in my soul. Certainly didn't think it was in my voice. And the reason why, you know, sort of saying yes and no, it was an I wish. I guess it came my way through a director, Alan Paul, who I've worked with several times. I've done, uh, Cabaret was our fourth collaboration. Okay. And I think we are each other's 
really muscular contemporary muses in a way. I mean, oh, that sounds kind love of, it. that does cool. sound a little highfalutin, but it does, you know, I feel so comfortable working with him and I feel like my creative best and I hope, you know, I assume and hope he feels the same way. Um, we did Camelot and many other things together, but he was the one that really brought this to me as a concept. And I was like, you must be kidding. Uh, and he, um, energetically and literally said like, trust me, um, I won't, guide you astray um i know you can do this and i think the lesson you know in terms of the casting i wish part of it is the world this is not just casting this is the world the world is going to put enough limitations on what you can and cannot do mm-hmm. don't do it to yourself uh. <laughs> Amazing. Right. That no. Right. Don't do it to yourself. Don't say, "Oh, that's not for me." Like, how do you know? Yeah. And it should be obvious to ourselves, but I feel like we, you know, it's just something that we. Right. Right. You don't want to. You're you're afraid to look like a fool. You're afraid Mm -hmm. you'll be rejected. You're afraid you'll fall on your face. Like you might. We're all gonna die. Like you might as well really go for it and know that. By the time you're Angela Lansbury's age and looking in the mirror, um, all of your successes and failures were achieved honestly and with integrity and courage. I, I don't want to look back, I don't want to look at myself in the mirror in my, you know, knock on wood in my 80s and 90s and feel like, if only I could have really gone for it. Mm-hmm. I would rather have collected some failures through the act of real valiance. Mm-hmm. And I think Sally was a, a real moment for me yeah. for that. And um, yeah, never in a million years thought it would happen. And I cherish it as an artistic memory. Oh, well, I, I remember living through all your social media posts at the time. And <laughs> your costumes and the your wigs. wigs. Oh, we love a good wig. Oh, it love, was love, a love. beautiful production, too. It was just like everything about it was glorious. And yeah, it was uh, it was a dream come true. And also, yeah, like my, my Sally was a dark wine redhead. Yes. And for me also like challenging a lot of like ancient body image stuff and mm-hmm. and like again big lessons like okay so i don't love my legs i never have but you know who doesn't even think about her legs sally mm-hmm. and no one's ever kicked her out of bed and come to think of it no one's ever kicked me out of bed yes. oh, like you know like yes. just taking like um, i don't want to i don't want all of sally's characteristics obviously sure, sure. but certainly her um when I go, I'm going like Elsie, like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Let's live for real. I'm on purpose. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. You know? I love. So. I wish we could have seen it. I, I mean, know, we got to see the little too. taste of it when you did it oh, here yeah. in New York. Yes. But the title song. The title. The, title. the, titular, the titular, titular song. song. That's right. Um, yeah. And, you know, you never know if I, I'd love to do it again. And if I don't get to do it again, I got to do it once. And Absolutely. that was more than I ever thought I'd get to do it. Ugh. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so we're wrapping up, but we like to end. <gasps> I'm sad. This has been one of my favorite episodes. I know, oh me God, too. I'm so, this I'm has obsessed. been a lovely talk, you guys. You're so amazing. Thank you're you. giving me, you're giving me drama. You're giving me insight. You're giving me humor. It's all of it. All and of fashion. It. We and need fashion. to mention. Yeah. I'm wearing a very a shawl. <laughs> yes, we'll take a we'll take our Polaroid and be okay, able to great, show that great. to the crowd. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, we will show. But so we like to end on a dramatic note. Great. And it could be the drama in our hearts and in our lives. It could be a life realization you may have just had. Maybe a a post democratic debate musing maybe a wig that you got to keep from a job you finished or a job you booked or didn't book or just something you're you're thinking about in this very moment do you al do you have a dose of drama do i have a dose of drama i 
could kick it off, or Dylan. I'm happy to kick it oh, off. Oh, yeah, you can. Dylan, kick it off. So you inspire me during this one, but my dose of drama is, without saying too much, I feel like I am on the precipice of a new adventure in my life, mm-hmm. or maybe just like the wind is changing, and I sound so vague right now, but I just... <laughs> That's drama. You know how your life goes through oh, these sure. different phases, or like you have to like shed some sort of a skin and grow a new one, and... I feel like that is coming for me in this mm-hmm. 2020 and it's it's almost been a long time coming and it's rumbling with the fear totally of change or comfort maybe being compromised for a little bit mm-hmm. to find something beautiful and I just I appreciate everything you said today Al because I it, I, it came into my soul oh I'm so glad so that my drama is and that's true drama how vague I was being but like because I don't really know where I'm going or what's happening but I have a good feeling about this year and what's coming soon. I love it. I say walk toward, lean into that discomfort Mm because there's like answers and data there. I I really believe that. So exciting. My heart's racing. Connor, do you have a dose? (gasps) Oh my God. I have so many things that are on my mind today. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I I mentioned this earlier. I'm reading the Call Me By Your Name sequel. Right. Find Me. Mm -hmm. Which I have complicated feelings about. I know. I've read Call Me By Your Name every summer. Like literally, I have read it every single summer wow. since 2015. That's a that's a lot of times to read one it book. It is. It is. But it's it's really beautifully written, I think, and it's gay and it's fun and you know, the sequel is not living up to my expectations. I almost wish it didn't. I haven't finished Sis. it yet. I haven't finished it yet. But it's kind of like I wish I would. Or maybe that I hadn't read it because I the characters live in a special space in my mind, mm-hmm. and I was actually thinking about this with your book. Mm-hmm. With, with you know you you love these characters and you have an ending in your mind about where they go, right? And then you might the, the, what you dreamed of it it might not be the actual. Right. It's kind of like how the a TV shows are being revived and we put it, them to bed completely. And now, ten years later, it's like. They've completely changed where we had had our fond farewells yeah. with these with Will and Grace, with Will and Grace, like yeah, it, or even right. like they they re it's I get re- it re- like revamping Party of Five, yeah, or, yeah, of course, all of these. It's up. like I I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it makes money and it's nostalgia and it's all these different very varied factors mm-hmm. that go into why we're reviving or making sequels, however many years later. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you can nail it, and sometimes it's it's just not fun mm-hmm. it's not fun and it, it, you'd rather live in the world that it originally it originally ended and I think um, you know interesting I was actually just talking about this with Alec last night about old friendships and people you knew when you were growing up and what do you do if you come in contact with people and you don't like what you have in common now is that you knew each other when you were small mm-hmm. and all we those things right? All the time. right and I think like I, I've been there myself and you know that you we all have a right to our memories mm-hmm. and we all have a right to it's like everybody being sent the same photo but being able to put whatever filter they want on it mm-hmm. before yeah. they post <laughs> you know you're allowed to do that that's your prerogative and, yeah um, and I think it's the same with our favorite characters from books and TV shows like they they will never you can't extract just because the narrative changes mm-hmm. what they once meant yeah okay. and how formative they were Do you know yeah what I mean? people oh, yeah. feel that way about um go set a watchman the sequel to yes. to kill a mockingbird which i actually never read go set a watchman i don't know if you i haven't read it because no. people said it ruined atticus or it like changed the way that he was that he was portrayed and you know did he, it's, did he become a nazi 
I don't know if it was that. No, I'm like, I'm like jumping way ahead in time. He is not a Nazi in my mind. He's at not. Least. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it does create gray areas mm-hmm. yeah. about, um, it's like really yeah. endemically heroic character. Mm-hmm. Or he became like a white, he was like a white supremacist. I don't remember. I, we don't want to. I know. I know. It's troubling. <laughs> I know. But it's murky. It's it murky. murky. I heard it's murky. Yeah. I am, I have some drama. Okay. It's, I don't know if it's drama. Might be. Okay, so I'm thinking in like the, and it's kind of a callback, so maybe this is a nice way to end Ooh. things. So I was, you know, you're talking about Maisel and Amy Sherman Palladino, mm-hmm. and um, and I was talking a little bit about my relationship in London that was really significant to me and ended and was one of the reasons I came here. And interestingly, also the concept of like, how you feel about somebody when you're in love with them, how you feel just after you've parted ways, mm-hmm. how you feel five years later, 10 years later. And, you know, I think it's interesting, like new filters continue to get put on those relationships and those memories as you gather more data, mm-hmm. kind of like another another color cube in the kaleidoscope of the sure. whole picture. But all of this is to say is one of the, I was remembering him because we watched every single episode of Gilmore Girls kind of in real time. Okay. Oh. And we broke up just as the finale was airing. And I didn't feel like I could watch the finale without watching it with him. Mm. And I still to this day have never watched the end the last episode. Oh my gosh. And many years ago, just thinking about that, I checked in with him. We're we're very friendly now. Okay. I checked in with him and I was like, by the way, have you ever watched the end of Gilmore Girls? And he was like no. Wow. Mm. And there's something about that to me that feels um, beautiful. And that like it honors what we were. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's something about it that, you know, even though we both love other people and have moved forward, like there was something about that answer that felt like the end of a poem to me. Oh my, I am shaking. <laughs> that, my heart is racing for some oh, reason. That and it, just came to me, it just came to my mind though because mm-hmm. of all the things we were just talking about. And that's yeah. absolutely drama. It's such drama. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing you everything guys, with us today. Yes, this, we adore you. so much and I think that thank the you. people who listen are going to get so much out of oh. just your wisdom and experiences and if you haven't yet, please, please read Al's books, White Hot Grief Parade and After Anatevka, both available where fine books are sold. <laughs> that's <laughs> Right. And, and also follow Al on social media at Al Silbs. Al Silbs. On Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram. And Instagram. And follow me at Connor McDowell. Follow me at Dylan McDowell and follow Tatiana the Cat at I Feel Kitty. Yes. You gotta. It's it's just pictures of Tati with showbiz captions. <laughs> oh, you know I, you I want to. I can't believe I don't follow already, but drama will follow and we'll we follow. Will, and we will f- fix it immediately. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the Mamma Mia slogan on the poster? Yeah, you're gonna... You're gonna yeah, something like, something like something that. Like something that. like that. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's how we feel about I Feel Kitty. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well thank you for amazing. having me. Thank guys. you. Thank you. Seriously. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.